Hello and welcome to Three and Two, the podcast where three deeply mediocre Age of Sigmar players pretend we know what we're talking about and share our lukewarm Age of Sigmar takes. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm joined by Rich. Hello. And Matthew. We should really make it two hours long so it can be three hosts to a... <laughs> It may yet be. We don't know how much we're going to waffle. <laughs> I can't talk about the Battle Scroll for two hours. Okay. They often inject time during the editing process rather than cut it out. Yeah, this month, I think last month we had loads to talk about because two of us had been to Blackout and we'd played lots of games. This month, that is not the case. I think we've all been, to varying extents, a bit distracted by other game systems. Mm. But fortunately, Games Workshop have dropped the latest Battle Scroll update for Age of Sigmar, which has given us something to talk about. Oh, thank God, so, content. <laughs> so we're going to chat a bit about that and then maybe also talk a little bit about some games we've played. But first, I guess, as usual, we'll cover our hobby updates. Matthew, do you want to start? Yeah, I can be quick. I'm a mega burnout since Blackout. So I've got in front of me built and un- unsprayed, so completely unable to start anything on them and I can't face them anyway. 15 Blood Knights. Uh, the new Kado, whatever his name is, and a couple of other soul-blight characters who maybe I'll stop painting them soon, if I can face it. But apart from that, I have completely repainted the bases on my Odinath Deepkin with a lot of input from Rich and friend of the pods, Luke. I was trying to decide which name to call him by then, and I went with his actual man of, real Man of many names. <laughs> Yeah, those bases look, they look really good. I really like what you've done with them now. Thanks. Which is not to yeah. say that I actively didn't like them before. <laughs> you did. You did actively dislike them before. And you told yeah, it's, me. Not to, it's not to say that, but I mean, you asked what you could do to improve them. And I yeah. think the bases are a standout thing because, you know, the army looks great and now it looks greater. Yeah, I was feeling really down on the project, like partly just because Deep Pinner are in a, I think they're in a pretty poor place in the game at the moment, and just something about the army was annoying me when it was supposed to be my army that was painted as best I could, and I felt it wasn't. And uh, yeah, after sort of back and forth with people, we arrived at just something a bit funkier. It was just sort of this all plain brown before, with a brown rim. It was all a bit brown. (laughs) Um, and the rest of the army is quite bright, which I think was what I was originally going for, was to like mute it a bit versus the brightness of the army. But it's not that bright, and it didn't quite work. Yeah, so it's sort of judicious application of lots of different blues sort of stippled onto where my water effects was. So that's acted as like a water effects on the base before has added like a protective barrier between the paint underneath. So it, it, the paint underneath is got some sort of weird effect going on under there now but i quite like it i'm quite happy with it did you and... water over the blue again or did you decide no. not to in the end no i haven't so it's just just the blue and then the bits of cork that they were stood on richie rightly pointed out that it just looked like they were stood on bits of cork <laughs> so... making me sound very very mean no but it's true right so just a judicious application of flock and flowers to break that up a bit yeah, you've you've done exactly what I like doing, which is using like four different scenic products on your bases. <laughs> Mix them all up. Yeah, well, the the Gen two flowers that you can purchase, they do quite a good pack of four different ones in one pack. 
So I wasn't putting loads of flowers. It wasn't like your Lumineth. I wasn't covering no. it with a million flowers. So just one pack of the mixed ones gave me a good bit of variety without having to buy a million different products, which is quite nice. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Did what I wanted it to do. And now I am way more excited to play with that army than I was. So sort of mission accomplished there. Cool. That's good. I feel like you really undersold your hobby because you said you hadn't done much and actually you've technically finished 60 models or something, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's probably about 60. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really quick, I guess. So if you're ever staring at an army thinking, wow, my bases are underwhelming, it may not be a universal thing that people mm-hmm. feel, but I felt that. And it was really easy to fix it, actually. Just a bit of, bit of help from my friends, a bit of thinking through how to do it, and the actual doing it, once I sat down and like just batched through it. Unlike normal batch painting, it's much quicker. It's like much easier as well. So Cool. Yeah. I think I, I think I might revisit my Nighthorn, especially if they're what I end up taking to, to Brotherhood next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like I your Nighthorn bases. As do I. The problem is, especially on the stuff that I did in a huge batch, like the Blade Geists, it's not the like the visual bit of the bases, but a lot of the base rims are like a bit deformed or like have chunks missing from them because I was rushing <laughs> when I was throwing them. And I think at one point I like primed them, stuck to a piece of cardboard, and it like cracked a few of them and stuff when I pulled them off the cardboard. So that's been annoying me for like four years. <laughs> I feel um, like you might be the only person who has ever repainted a base rim, and you seem to do it for every army multiple yeah, times. Yeah, and this is me thinking I need to find a way to extract these from these bases and completely rebase them. Oh, I see. In the same style, but just so they're I, like fresh bases. If I had to pick the worst army to try and do that with, then Angel Sigma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have worry. immediately gone to Nighthorn. Don't worry. With your like. With like a one mil connector to the base. And they're all plastic glued on as well. I think that's easier than models that have like feet glued to the base though, because then you're just going to end up breaking half their feet off. Yeah. If it's only a tiny connector, you can just break it and it won't matter that much. We'll see. Yeah. I have, I have like grand ideals of if, if they are what I take, I want to do like a polish pass on the whole army and maybe like edge highlight all the robes and stuff. So basing might come into that as well. Uh What hobby have you done? this last month i was just looking at when our last episode was because i think the answer from an aos point of view is absolutely nothing since we last recorded i did finish that a thousand points of hallowed nights that i was talking about and took them to a little narrative event with a little board i did a little like i think it was just like a tiny whiteboard from wh smiths or something and i like textured it and then put the Nurgle tree on it and some plague bearers like advancing so it looked like it was some hallowed knights in the garden of Nurgle. That was fun. Yeah, I think it looked really good. Be... It's a really strong connection to the theme whilst not being over the top with it. Like you know exactly yeah. what's going on there, but it was still gave you the grounded feel that you were looking for, I think, with that. And, and it was magnetic. Nice. <laughs> so they all stuck to it as well. <laughs> And the extremely fashionable at the moment, mucky feet. Everything's to got do. to have a mucky foot. Love mucky feet models. Yeah, it's, it's my favourite. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. I will do more. I've got, I won't say a stack, but I've got a selection of sort of stuff to add to them, like various Dominion leftovers and a couple mm-hmm. of other bits. Mm-hmm. So 
there on the on the roster somewhere. But I think if you wait, my... if you wait long enough, the new hatchet thing comes out, right? And your part works. Yeah, and that isn't going to help with the part of me that was like, mm, "Cool boys are quite cool." <laughs> I don't really, I don't know that I actually want to do a cool boys army, but I mean. I might, I might do what I did with the last one, the 40k one, Imperium, which is subscribe for like the first 30 or so issues and then just be like, I have an insurmountable pile of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, certainly like I think within the first four issues, there's like another loads of like five Vindictors for eight quid or whatever. So there's definitely mm-hmm. going to be some that I snap up. I think that's all the AOSing yeah. I've done really, though. I've done quite a lot of list thinking for various actions um i reckon you should share your armies on parade triumph even though it isn't aos it was a very good hobby okay yeah i i could do that oh no please don't make me talk about success <laughs> sam, sam is so horrified at that thought i yeah i took my existing homekeeper space marine army to games workshop and made a made a board for them, painted a little bit of terrain for them to stand on, and I won armies on parade. So <laughs> I won't go into too much detail. I basically did with the board what I'd done for the little the little knights one, just on a slightly bigger scale on like a cork board. Mm-hmm. Stuck a few really good. cork down and stuff. It's really simple, but yeah, it's. I think like the last three armies I've done, I've based in the same way. So I have a lot of swampy stuff kicking around. <laughs> Um, so that board might get reused on double duty at some point. But... Nice. It's probably quite a good plan, just to have a generic display board you can use with a lot of different things when you need one. Yeah, it's a good idea. And being swampy, that just sounds like a man who is thinking a lot about Gloomspite gets. <laughs> yeah, ironically, the, the trogs that I have painted so far, I have done kind of like swampy cavey bases, but completely differently. Or almost completely differently. So I think mm-hmm. I did use some of the same green gunk actually, but yeah. So that's a hobby triumph. Yeah. How about you, Laura? Any any hobby this last month? Mainly, I've been painting Anglo Danes for Saga. I painted quite a lot of Warhammer Underworld stuff, and that was sufficiently Age of Sigmar adjacent that I feel I yeah. can count it. So I painted the Corn Warband, which were the last Warband that came out for the previous Ooh. season of Underworld. But they were quite fun. Uh, there's three called? big chunky chaos lads. There are three Cornwall bands now. I'm so out yes. of the loop, it's unreal. Okay. There are three Cornwall bands now. I nearly bought those guys the other day just because I was looking at the back of the box and I have a picture of the leader priest guy at actual size and he is huge. They're all huge. They're he's massive. So tall. Like yeah, I they're really knew, big. obviously the the like slightly deformed guy with the who's like yeah, I don't know. The he's had Hulk. some kind of cornite blessing. Is he's huge, but I didn't realize the main priest is just like two and a half, three inches tall. Yeah, they're all really cool models, and they're, they're a fun warband to play as well. If you if you want to get back into underworlds, so yeah, I painted them, and I am then I've just got the new box set that came out, uh, Narwood. So now I'm painting the Sons of Velmorn, which are the new skeleton oh. warband, which are really cool models. I'm really enjoying so cool. painting them. I'm doing them as sort of whites rather than skeletons i guess so they've got some nice. green ghostly bones ah, uh, awesome yeah i've never been very good at painting bone color so trying to find ways to avoid it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have war scrolls yet or is this not no. that i've seen but they have only been out for four days so okay. you know we'll give them a bit of a break i saw someone theorizing that they're coming tomorrow in fact but 
I don't know where that logic was coming yeah. from. So it's usually pretty quick, so I'd have thought they'd get them fairly soon. Does this new box coming out mean I can actually get my hands on that old Skaven warband now? So really as long as you also want, Age of Sigma. It, they have brought it out without all the cards and things, but it is with Shadowstalkers. So it's done yeah. in like a joint box with them. Okay. So you have to get so someone else to buy the Shadowstalker half. Still has the faction cards, right? Just not the like all the generic stuff and the boards. Yeah, I, I don't actually know because I already own it, so I paid for Champions. it. Champions, champions yeah. rivals of, of Nether Maze, I think. Rivals of Maybe. Nether Maze, and it's like forty-seven fifty instead of sixty pounds, and for that you don't mm. get like dice and a board yeah. and stuff. It's a bit. But I don't. I don't painful. want dice and a board or whatever. Right? Oh. I'm sure you could sell the Shadow Stalker warband yeah. to someone, even yeah. me, perhaps. So. They've got, I would say, significantly less good in the new version, so be ah. a bit careful. But they're still really cool models. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're and, really cool models, actually. Yeah, all the recent Underworlds models have been really nice. Um, but yeah, mainly I'm just trying to clear out all my unpainted stuff because I am very soon going to buy a large amount of Slaves to Darkness, Age of Sigma stuff, and just paint nothing but that for a few months. So I'm trying to get everything else out of the way. I'm looking forward to playing against new Slaves to Darkness. Yeah, I've paid very little attention to any information about rules because I've never really understood Slaves to Darkness. So I'm kind of waiting for the new book to come out so I can have it in my hands and then I will try and actually understand it. So, so Mm -hmm. far, I've just looked at lots of pictures of nice miniatures and gone, ooh, I'd quite like to paint that. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a big book when it comes out, isn't it? I think it's going to be very popular. People love chaos. Yeah. 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 In theory, my Slaves of Darkness army is meant to be a narrative army, but it sounds like Chaos Warriors might be going to be all right. So it might turn into a competitive army. We'll see how we do. <laughs> it's okay. always the curse of narrative armies, isn't it? Yeah. Well, ideally, it could be both. That would be great. I can mm. run the bad stuff as a narrative army and then also use it competitively. That's the ideal. I'm sure it won't happen. Just we'll had all this extra stuff. It could be good as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I have painted Bellacore, and that was really always going to be with more of a view to using them competitively than narratively, I guess. So. Yeah. Bellendacore. Hey. There we go. Hate him. Hate him. He can get in the bin. <laughs> I, think I don't think I've ever played against him. A bit like lizards. I hate them, but it's purely a theoretical hate, mm. as I've never mm. played them. I think because yeah. I quite. I hate Archaeons. I quite like Bellacore because he's sort of the opposing faction. I also yeah, hate Archaeon and I have played against him fucking constantly. So. <laughs> You've got to like <laughs> one of Bellacore and Archaeon. You've got to pick a side. They're <laughs> going to get yeah, a stick now for me pronouncing Archaeon wrong. The side I, I picked in Grand Alliance Chaos is the side of the rats. Well, that's fair. Okay, we'll let you off. Right, shall we talk about the battle school? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, does someone want to give say? a sort of quick overview of what it is, and then maybe we can just take it in turns to share some hot takes about it? Sure. So, Battle Scroll is their. How often are they supposed to come out? Six monthly? Quarterly. Quarterly? Quarterly. 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 Yeah. It's like quarterly so. AOS Fighting balance myself, pass. Yeah. I think that's what it's supposed to be, yeah. They seem to be taking a different tack with each one to see what works and what doesn't, which is fine. I'm quite happy for Games Workshop to experiment with different ways to balance the game until they find one that they like. 
This one's quite different. Was the last one The Hunt? No. No. The Hunt was the one before. Mm. Yeah. So this time, instead of Tinker... They've, it's kind of like a small amount of errata, and then the, the vast bulk of the balance changes here are points, which is not what they've done before with this, and they seem to have implied in the past that they didn't want to use points to balance in this way. So it's quite exciting to see them do this because to be honest personally i don't know about you guys i would rather they reach to the points first unless something was truly busted on a scroll level or a rules level i'd rather they left the words in the book intact yeah definitely agreed yeah and i think you know we can get into the detail but a lot of the points changes look reasonably sensible. I haven't seen too many people having a massive <sighs> range. So maybe that's just because I've been on the wrong bits of Twitter. But You haven't been on Uruk Twitter. <laughs> Do you want to kick us off then and have a massive range about what this has done to your no, we, we save, the, save that. Save that epic gamer rant for later. Uh, <laughs> for Arata-wise, it's like they took the previous Purple Sun nerf and just rolled that into the battle scroll, which is nice. Have nice to have yeah. one place to find all of the changes again. I think they confirmed that it's just one battle scroll forever now, so you just ignore previous ones and it's just all of it is in one place. And the other thing they've done, which I really like in this, is that because of that all in one place approach, they have done the pink text changes within the battle scroll, so they've kept some of the old changes and new changes are in pink, like in their FAQs, which is good. Presumably, they won't. Not- only have the latest set of points changes each time because points yes. are kind of live, I guess. The other amazing thing they've done with the points is instead of just having what the new points are, they've told you what the change is as well, which is very yes, nice. Yes, definitely appreciated that. So in terms of like actual changes, you've got quite a light slap on the wrist for Beats of Chaos, who have been doing very well since their White Dwarf update. So they had two of the units that got spammed a lot. So the Cockatrice list has had a big points bump if you're taking like 10 Cockatrices. <laughs> to be honest, what that Cockatrice list loses is one Cockatrice, probably. I feel like I haven't seen that list for a while. Right. It's, it's basically a targeted nerf to one guy. Right. Is it a guy in America? No, it's a UK player. I think he's the only person I've actually seen run it in real life. It's a bit like when they targeted nerfed Owen Jackson with the OBR Nagash list. No one else was playing that, but they were like, <laughs> you and you specifically, fuck off. So that got a bit nerfed. The other beast unit that was getting spammed out was Dragon Ogres. That got a bit nerfed. Their ability to generate primordial call points, which is their summoning mechanic, got very slightly nerfed. But I think from seeing beast players talk about it, it doesn't really affects how much they actually summon turn by turn. They can still summon multiple units a turn. So they'll probably get away with it. The Dragon Ogre points hike hurts the spam army, but they've got so much stuff you could take that it's well like they're quite good if you just take Ungors and like other chaff because you can take so much of it and off it all with the herdstone, right? So yeah, the rest of the army is so cheap. There's so many scrolls in there that are fine. I mean, there's lots that are garbage, but I, I think sure, they'll still be sure. they'll still be fine. The other, well, the most important change I should say in the whole battle scroll is that you can have 
Battleona Ragnarok spiders now. Yes. There you go. But only one type of Ragnarok yeah, spider. Yeah, it's the one with the howler full of grots. It's the one nobody yeah. built. <laughs> but cool, cool, cool. <laughs> fine. If you want to now do, I think you can take 10 spiders. First, no, is that too many? Maybe it's nine. Is it like nine Arachnoroks and the web spinner? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the little Oz. one. Yeah. yeah. So it it's take... technically 10, it's just not yeah. 10 big spiders. So you can do that army if you want now, which I assume Ben Johnson is already painting. I mean, that is as we speak. so much table real estate. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like so this they're Dan 160 Warscroll... mil bases, right? Yeah, so... they are. They're big, they're big bases. The War Scrolls are still awful. They've got no damage. They're like eight attacks with one damage and three or four with D3 damage. It's terrible. Their output. But like you say, gosh, will they take up a large amount of the board? They won't fit in the deployment zone for that map of the tiny deployment zone. They will not. No, which is quite exciting. Some of them can deploy off the table. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's strands yeah. and deep strike. You can yeah. have Although three is deep striking. striking. Yeah. You can, you can have three deep striking. Rich, what is your battle score highlight? Oh, God. Where to... Where to go? I think... I quite like the changes to the Stormcast, actually. And I know that's probably not the... It's not one of the headline things, but... Pretty much everything in Stormcast, or not everything, but like lots of the things that are cool, and you would, you know, especially if you were getting into the game, you would like be able to pick up off the shelf in GW and buy, and think this is cool and build. Just kind of in list building gets pushed to the side in favor of like just bringing more vindictors, or you know, just bringing something a bit more impactful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like Vanquishers, the double sword guy, two-handed sword mm-hmm. guys. I'm getting that right. Those are Vanquishers. They are, yeah. Uh, they've come down, I think. They're so they now are the now cheapest, the cheapest battle line battle option, yeah. which is cool because they can put another interesting because maybe they're not quite as survivable as like Liberators, but they can put out more damage. So that's an interesting option. The big, is it a Toralon mage? I think that's what it's called, Aventus. Yeah. Right. But see, that's... this is a this is weird. This one. Is, so he's he gets come... taken, right? He's quite good. He got yeah. So he he was already better than the generic Toralon mage because he's a he's got like one better rend on his melee weapon, whatever, and he's unique, so you can't put enhancements on him. So okay, mm-hmm. but he's a two spellcaster, and the generic Toralon, for some ungodly reason, is a one spellcaster. And he is now cheaper than the generic one. Oh, I didn't realize that. That is quite weird. I don't understand why the generic Toralon didn't also come down 40. I've never seen anyone take the generic Toralon, and I've seen people take Aventus quite a lot, so maybe they just forgot the generic one existed. My problem with the Stormcast changes is they're all good. These are all good changes, like the change to Encrontis, good. Change to Praetors, good. Probably almost gets them into a place where you take them. Vigilers yeah. are unusable. The points drop on Yandrasta, very spicy. I think that makes her very interesting now. The yeah. list of things that's got to changes could be three times as long. Oh, yeah. They, there's um, clearly, there's always like 
don't know, not rumor, not rumors or not like accusations, but sort of vague commentary of like mm. GW or the design studio just kind of like constantly forgetting the previous couple of waves of Stormcast stuff yeah. that they've done. And so like, yeah, like almost no mention of stuff that just never gets brought. Yeah. But I guess you could whole. make an argument Sacred that Science the... is like unusable right now. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. I guess yeah. you could make an argument that the Battle Scroll should be more about fixing the stuff that's being used, and then it's when there's a new GHB, they should make bigger changes to stuff, arguably. So, yeah. yeah. Just in terms of sort of focusing the resource effort, I would rather they were, if there's mm. a limited amount of resource that goes into the Battle Scroll, I feel mm. like fixing Sacrosanct Chamber is yeah. not good, shouldn't be top of the list. I feel like their, their stated goal, isn't it, something like uh, they want every battle scroll in terms of when they talk about internal balance they want every war scroll in a book to be used in at least five percent of recorded lists i think <laughs> and that seems like an impossible task yeah. with stormcast because yeah, they have like indeed so many so war scrolls yeah you're right in that their, i think their stated goal for when they were talking about the battle scroll was that they were focusing more on external balance which is fair yeah. enough yeah. on the other hand it's not a huge amount of extra work Shield Annihilator's so, coming down 20 is nice yeah. as well, compared to, what, 240 for the Hammer ones? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite surprised guess... Annihilators were on the list of stuff that came down, to be honest. Yeah. They I are mean, apart, significantly apart from Victor, less impactful. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. but I think it's really nice. I think it helps Stormcast a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some interesting yeah. changes there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the big dragons coming down as well. Like, I'd like to see more of those. I don't... Personally, they've never done it for me as a thing that is a Stormcast model, but, you know... They, they exist. It would be mm -hmm. nice. Lots of people like the models. It'd be nice for them to see the table more. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's probably my favorite bit. I think. Yeah, I guess OBR point changes. I think are quite good. Again, I think they could have been a bit more ambitious. A lot of the <laughs> things that have changed are the mm -hmm. things that no one takes, like Immortus Guard <laughs> and the Morgasts. But the oh, Copy Stalkers coming down is meaningful. I think an army that is Stalker heavy is probably one of the better OBR armies you could take at the moment. And the crawler and the harvester are both, you know, decent. I think the issue is OBR all the OBR stuff is quite expensive. And I think it's mm. unlikely that many OBR armies have multiples of these things in. So in quite a lot of cases, I feel like these tweaks are maybe are not necessarily going to give you space to put another unit in no. your army. But that said, there's also probably someone desperately trying to make an OBR army that previously came to 2020 points and now is feasible and i do think yeah. i mean i think points is in obr need a new book but until that happens points is the best way to address the fact they're not doing very well at the moment like it's really mm -hmm. hard to treat them without giving them a complete rewrite so i think some points reductions is quite a sensible reaction to where they are ne in the win rate lists at the moment necro stalkers coming down is a really obvious that's not an internal balance change that's an external balance yeah. change yeah definitely <laughs> I think with stuff like the Mortec Crawler coming down 15 points, it doesn't make an actual difference to your army building. But I play a lovely video game called Defense of the Ancients, and one thing they do with their balance passes is they do changes to the like a individual hero that aren't meaningful, but they kind of they're there to remind you that that hero exists. <laughs> like if they're not being played a lot, but the developers think they're actually pretty good. It's like a notice me patch. Like, hey, yeah, Mortec Crawlers are still really good. Maybe remember that. 
I mean, you yeah. took one and you were quite happy with it at Blackout, right? Yeah, so, definitely. I don't think yeah. I'd take two, but, you know, it might mean that there's a variant yeah, of my exactly. list where I can fit ten more Mortec Guard or something in now. But, but it's not necessarily it about making you take two. It's being, like, for people who have just written Mortec Crawlers off completely yeah. to make them look at them again. Yeah, I think that's that, yeah. what that sort of points change does. Yeah. I would say that what you said about Bone Reapers, they haven't been very ambitious I think apart from two armies, that is how I would describe all of the points changes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. worth it's maybe worth talking a little bit about the Quanspine Incarnate, which went up mm. eighty points. And I think maybe one thing I'm slightly concerned about with these points tweaks is that I feel like taking an incarnate was quite a good way to boost an army that wasn't that great and make yeah. it better. And I worry a little bit that it's gonna be a case of where armies that weren't doing that well have got points reductions, the fact that the Incarnate now costs 80 more points is going to kind of cancel that out a bit. But I don't yeah. really have a good sense of what proportion of armies were taking an Incarnate, I think. So I mean, my my initial knee-jerk reaction when I read this was that Feck are fully in the bin with this because it was an army that was propped up by two War Scrolls. One was the Incarnate, and before the Incarnate, it was the Gatebreaker, who just <laughs> got made quite significantly worse in yeah. the new Bayomat book. So yeah. both of those things the army was relying on got... The, I think the Incarnate, you still take it, right? You just it, yeah. If your army needs it, you shift the point. Plus yeah. 80 points, sure. I mean, you I just, guess... You make yeah. it fit. I don't really think that the right way to balance a game is to have incarnates that less good armies take and it makes them better. So I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. If loads and loads mm. of people were taking the incarnate, I'd rather they made it slightly less attractive. But I do think mm. it's a bit of a... It's maybe a sort of counter-argument to points as the answer to fixing things because, like, yeah, like you say, I think there are some armies where the incarnate going up will be a bigger negative than any of the things that have been done with the intent of boosting that army. Yeah. Just slap the big old narrative sticker on it and walk away. Yeah. I mean, I think when the Incarnate first came out, I was really against it. Having now played mm -hmm. against it and with it a few times, I think it's basically fine. It's not a particular... I, at least I don't find it a particular negative play experience. But I guess yes, any, I having any model that every army can take yeah, is just exactly. always a balanced challenge, right? Because either it's going to mm -hmm. be good and loads of people will take it or no one will ever take it. And it's quite hard to get somewhere in the middle. Yeah, definitely agree, yeah. Like how people complain about Arcane Tone, but on a much larger and more impactful scale. Yeah. And also incarnate like mirror matches where there's one on each side are not fun. Because <laughs> it yeah, just comes down to silly. which incarnate swings first kind of thing. So, yeah. Very yeah. Uh, is it time to talk about bone splitters? Let's talk about Auric War Clans. Well, no, let's, <laughs> let's save them. Come on. Gloom Spike gets. Right. Everything's down a million points. Surely this army is good enough. Trog boss, but not regular Dankhold Trogoth for some reason. Hateful. No, lol. <laughs> I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Yeah. I just kind of feel like there must be a new book for them coming reasonably soon, so surely mm. there must. Yeah, I no. feel there's like, there's not many left to do now, right? So Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah hopefully this good. makes them better. You could probably fit more squigs in than you used to be able to. I mean, minus 20 on aggregate on like half the war scrolls in the book. Basically, everything that isn't a trog came yeah. down yeah. 20 points. That's at the level where you are fitting 
one or two more units than they used to. It's like quite a lot yeah. over the, the course of a whole army. So I yeah. think you will see more people playing them and more people doing okay with them. There's still they, like fundamental problems to that army. Like you said, like with Bone Reapers, there are just problems that need yeah, a book fix. But For sure. I do feel like there's a bit of sort of community defiance I've creeping in in the last couple of years of like, no, we will love gits and we will play them anyway from certain people, like <laughs> yeah, which is great. Like, there's always going to be people that whose love for goblins will outweigh their love of winning or yeah. damaging anything. It's good to see that people are yeah. still playing. We maybe um, mentioned maggot kin as well. Yeah, yeah. So big, well, not huge buff, but not buff. Sorry, debuff, but some pretty chunky points increases for the Puscoil, Blight Lords, the flies at. Yeah. 15 point extra 15 points per model basically whether mm-hmm. you take them in ones or twos and then also two of the um magoth lords Bloab and orgots went up yeah. 20 as did the lord of afflictions and like all of these models were mainstays in like tournament magikin armies so um if if you were playing the fly spam and Cronspine build I, which i think you saw a lot of fly spam. I don't yeah. know how much fl- fl- fly spam and Quanspine you saw, but if you are running that, I think that army is the one that's gone up the most yeah, in the battle I mean, scroll. Your average fly list has gone up like 100-ish points by itself. It's really, and then okay, add on maybe 80, add on, add, but add on 80 from the Quanspine minus a bit from like mm-hmm. a unit of flies in exchange or whatever, so... Yeah, but I think I actually like. I'm a person with a maggot kid army. I don't own that maggot kid army, so I'm a bit insulated from the changes. But uh-huh. I think it's good because genuinely think almost everything in that book is perfectly valid to put on the table. Yeah, and I think this leads to some more interesting tournament builds, and it makes me feel better about potentially taking them to a tournament because, like, a I'm less likely to come up against a mirror match where they're just going to be better at scenarios than me. <laughs> because they've brought all the flies and B um, there's actually like an interesting list building challenge as well I don't feel like I'm immediately hamstringing myself by not taking eight Mm -hmm. flies and a lord of afflictions so yeah that fly spam build it was power it was the problem with it it was a combination of it was powerful like it won games but it also some armies have no nothing they can do about it because it's one drop and it's in your if it wants to be, it's charge it's the entire army is in your deployment zone turn one. And yep. if you don't have an ability to reposition, Nurgle's notoriously tough to shift, and then you are stuck in your deployment zone for the rest of the game and you lose that way. Um yeah, if it can take fun you, way to play Edge of Sigma, right? If it can take home objectives off you on turn one, yeah, that's always something to try and bounce back from. It's a similar problem when the old Zinch book came out and you had the big unbreakable blobs of unretreatable from horrors yeah. teleporting into you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Seraphon continue to say... fucking get away with it. Oh, reasonably chunky points increases this time. Yeah. It's just stuff that they take. It is, but I think having looked at Seraphim players and Seraphim players' armies, it doesn't actually affect the end result. <laughs> um, it's better than nothing, though. I, yeah. I saw one person saying that their triumph bid had gone down a bit, which, uh-huh. you know. Uh, uh, I think, I know, I think there are some armies where this will make a 60, 70 point difference, which feels significant enough. 
Yeah, I think the the if you're running double skink priest proc astrolith bearer engine of the gods, then maybe you have to lose one of the skink priests yeah. or a unit of skinks, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, there is a result. I just think it's surprising. I'm surprised at how much they got away with it. Yeah, a bit yeah, like beasts. I, it feels like they're kind of getting away with it. I feel like they've got to be Seraphon. I've got to be another candidate for a, a book fairly soon, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> City um, Sigma. <laughs> do we care? No, no, not really. The Corinthians and the care. They got <laughs> cheaper. They both still suck. Yeah. I think executioners at one. If I had to offer any kind of take, executioners at one ten are very good. Yeah, that's, and I think about it. The Black Dragons a little bit more interesting at 20 points cheaper as well, especially yeah. the Dreadlord, but they're kind of like... Eh. They're okay. The Dreadlord on Black Dragon used to be really good in Living City, but that combo doesn't work anymore, so... No. Yeah, fine. Whatever. What about the Soulbite Gravelord ones? Is that yeah. anything anyone takes? It looks potentially alright. So, White Kings are interesting in that they unlock specific battle line. So that battle line's not seeing an astonishing amount of play at the moment, but if Bounty Hunters disappears, Grave Guards suddenly look a lot sexier, and yes, you will see White Kings. You also saw White King on Skeletal Steeds sometimes in the Castellai armies as like a cheap and fast way to hold their buffs. So yeah, sure, fine. Terragast and Zombie Dragon, people keep saying that the unmounted Terragast and Zombie Dragons are really good, and then no one ever takes them. So I don't actually yeah. believe they're very good. <laughs> I have very used good, them. You'd always... Played... Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. I've played that army and it's, it's okay. It's just so swingy. They're not really worth it. Maybe it's better now. I don't I don't really think it's a big deal. Those points breaks, I did look it up. They don't let you take anything extra if you do a zombie dragon on Terrorgrass spam army. Uh, Boo. So you can't, you can't fit another monster in. Bloodseeker Palanquin's terrible... Nefrata is actually good, and people already took her, so that's yeah, good. that's a nice change. Grumpy that Nefrata got a point drop, and Arcan didn't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah I guess Arcan's still a linchpin in that army, right? Even though yeah. external yeah, internal thing, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. Who knows? Before we sure. talk Warclans, was there anything in the FAQs anyone wants to mention? Um, I think the clarification of some of the spellcasting, or not the like spellcasting, but like the things that interact with spellcasting and mm. spell effects were good. So yeah. the the obvious thing that this came up for me in a game recently was Myamorn Banshees and cancelling out like the purple suns effect of mm. or like an AoE spell of some kind. And it's um it clarifies that if you've got an effect like that, it's only the first time it affects something. It's not like everything it affects when you cast a spell. And it also does specifically have to target something to mm. work out. So, yeah. yeah, similarly, I think there were sensible clarifications for a few things that have come up in my games, like whether Wildwood's block line of sight to an endless spell was a really weird one that now is just clarified <laughs> and you don't have to spend 10 minutes pointing out all the bits <laughs> of the rules that interact with it. And similarly, there are, there are some good clarifications about garrisoned models counting as being on the battlefield for various things, which as a KO player comes up quite a lot and was yeah, not yes. at all clear previously. So that's nice. Yeah. There's 
the early, very probably too early FAQ that came out for Sylvaneth that someone pressed the button on a few hours early. They are technically nerfs to that army, but it's all like quality of play changes, clarifying how strike and fade works with timing interactions with like fight on death and stuff. So you can fight on death into striking and fading Sylvaneth, which oh, is okay. good. That's a good clarification. That's a good yeah. change, yeah. And you're tree singing, you can't tree sing endless spells anymore, which also good. It doesn't alter the balance of power that much, but yeah. it's probably a good quality of life change. Yeah. They probably yeah. didn't need to have done it. It could have been like a nice unique thing for the army to have, but it doesn't matter too yeah. much. Rich, do you want to bemoan the lack of a FAQ for Techless? A little bit, yeah. I still don't know if this is intentional or not, but it's it's perfectly clear rules as written, and I think you, you literally could not argue it the other way. It's no longer automatically knows all three spell I call laws. This one. None of the other content creators on the internet caught this one, but I caught it. Yeah, there you go. Well, you that's go. why you get paid big bucks. It got um, paid nothing but rich. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, just a couple of things. You can't like use cheese to boost Teclas's number of spell casts once you've chosen how many auto cast spells he's doing. Mm-hmm. I never um, knew you could. <laughs> no, I think I probably would have not come to the conclusion that you could. So does Silly. it also mean that he don't lose casts if he takes damage later in the hero phase for whatever reason? Uh, yes, I think that is true. This is you can never gain or lose right? a number yeah. of spell casts once you choose yeah. how many spells he casts. Yeah, so um, very edge case. If you damned terrain techless down a bracket, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't lose casts. Yeah, I mean, which people will be doing all the time, obviously. Hey, I mean, when you've got to charge techless into win a game, sometimes you've got to damn terrain, <laughs> you know. Maybe. You say it's the ultimate edge case and you'll do it in the next game you play with them. <laughs> I would never have thought of it before, you can guarantee. <laughs> so, yeah, you probably cursed me now. Or damned me. Nice. So, yeah, I think the community was probably about 50-50 split on whether they assumed that Techless's spell knowledge was intentionally restricted or not. Realistically, I mean, I, I'm not massively familiar with the new tome yet, but because each law has or most of the laws have been trimmed down a bit as well. Yeah, they have. I found quite often if I was casting four spells with Techless, it's like, you know, you do your, his two War Scroll spells, you do a total eclipse, maybe, or you do mm-hmm. that with someone else, and you, like, go, I don't know, Mystic Shield, or if you've cast total eclipse somewhere else, yeah. you do, like, oh, I'll flip through the book and find something. So I think planning a bit more and picking at least one or maybe two, depending on the battalions you take, yeah. uh, I don't think it's that restrictive, uh, honestly. But I think this, so. What this means now is he has to bolt or shield with one of his spells if you take all four, because he only knows three spells by default. Yeah, yeah. And what you're probably losing in your toolbox is the teleport, which is potentially situational. Normally, right? Yeah. yeah. There's not a huge amount of reason to run a wind mage really at all. So no, War Scroll's always been a bit weird. It I had think a, the other... a goading arrogance moment for a yeah. while. I feel like for about three months, people were taking it with goading arrogance, but that's all changed the, now as well. I'm other... so glad goading arrogance is gone. <laughs> <laughs> the other big hit on Teclas is just how good Skinari was in Zarno. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They essentially do the same thing So, when you need it. Yeah, yeah. It's an exciting book, I think, so... 
Yeah. But yeah, no, it's nice to see no major FAQs immediately. <laughs> it feels like it's going to be a lot smoother to play and less upsetting for the people that were getting upset by playing against it. So, mm-hmm. And yet Total Eclipse still exists. It does, but you know. Yeah, but it's like the only thing like that in the book now. Yeah, okay. We'll let yeah, them have but, one. Yeah, I think one of the bright, like roll versus bravery spells is still there somewhere mm. as well. But I think those are okay. Yeah. You don't really mind them. Yeah. I think they're fine cool. now. Yeah. Right. We can't put it off any longer. Okay. So we've got to talk about Warclads. We've got to talk about Cruel, cruel Boys, right? Cruel <laughs> Boys. I'm quite excited by the Cruel Boys changes. This is, I think, the biggest yeah. change, right? This will be the most impactful change on the ma- of the actual matter, I think. Yeah. The Shaman change, I've wanted to see for ages. I think yeah. that's just straight up yeah, a great good. change. Yeah, I am Seeing mad about that. List, every because... list now includes two Shamans immediately. But... Bone splitters have two wizards that give up their spells to do an ability, and that didn't change for bone splitters. Yeah. Hey, Including... It's an extraordinarily good ability. I'm not gonna. I'm not one of them one. is one, so that's fine. But the war doc, no one has ever taken that war scroll, and I don't even know what he does. So. Exactly, okay. exactly. He can dance. <laughs> okay, that sounds nice. He can give up his spells to dance. What does that achieve? It's it's actually pretty good. It can give you plus one save. That's very good. Yeah. You're only going to use your spell to cast Mystic Shield anyway, so shush. Yeah, I want both. My The default save in my army is 6 plus. I can have this. <laughs> yeah, fair, okay. Um, and how many points does that army cost you now? Oh my god. So, but cool boys, everything's come down to 20 points. So you genuinely will get a whole other thing in that army now. Seeing lots of like two sludge raker and vulture lists bouncing yeah. around with still like without sacrificing a reasonably decent core of models as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Gut Whippers coming yeah. down is really nice because they were really just yeah. costed twenty points less. So yeah. good. They're cheaper than Savage Rocks now. Mm. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. It is, I agree. <laughs> oh, that's so cool though. Oh, no. Maybe, maybe just a few. Yeah. So going into this, I expected Ben Splitters to get points changes up front. Obviously, they're the highest win rate army in the game at the point this was probably written. There is an argument that I would make that there is the highest win rate army based on about four people playing them worldwide. Yeah. Which is the same argument as I made previously when they were technically the worst army in the game, that they weren't actually that bad. It's just nobody played them. And so any one or two particularly good or bad performances had a wild swing on what their win rate looked like, right? Like a blackout, there were two Burns Blitz players. We both went three and two. That's a 60% win rate. But two people going three and two is hardly devastating the blackout meta. Mm, yeah, exactly. And there are other things going on involved in that win rate as well, like the preponderance of Nurgle. So many people playing Nurgle and so many Nurgle lists doing very, very well. Burns Blitz is a specific counter to that matchup. It's really difficult for the Nurgle players to win that in my experience. Definitely. So there's a win a inherent, there'll be an inherent change in win rate as Nurgle get worse and few people take them. You'll encounter that matchup less and you'll be encountering matchups that are harder for you more so your win rate goes down. It's going to be my argument there up front that these nerfs are insane. So <laughs> we're going profit plus 20 points. Okay, yeah, fair cop. It's worth 170. I'll take one, I'll take two. Fine. What this probably stops is people taking five. 
Which yeah. is good, I feel though. That's it's fine, not a, yeah. it wasn't a good army anyway, but fine. No, yeah. but it was not necessarily a hugely fun one to play against. I would either. be very annoyed mm-hmm. while someone rolled five Wurgog abilities in a yeah. row at me. Yeah. I would be very annoyed. My experience with Wurgogs is that very often, you know, when people know what they do, they play they play in such a way as to make it more difficult for you to utilize that ability. Obviously, in melee matchups, that can be impossible, but you can still control to an extent yeah. what they can target. I guess there must be a really difficult thing to balance points wise because yes. they have the potential to kill single handedly something that's mm-hmm. 500 points, but they're not going to do that in every game. So trying uh, to yeah, exactly. I think, that is quite true. I think they're about right. Uh, 170, fine. I think 150 was probably a bit cheap. I'm fine with that. It's kind of what I expected. The big stabbers, I kind of was expecting plus five, and I thought maybe plus ten if they were feeling particularly brutal. They did yeah. plus twenty. Plus twenty points is the same that they gave to Croak. And there's like a percentage <laughs> of what each of those things costs. Yeah. That's a twenty five percent increase for the stabbers, right? Like yeah. that's crazy. It's tricky, isn't it? Because if it's because an army of that takes big stabbers is going to take loads of them, mm-hmm. that it's a problem, I guess. Like, if it was a unit that people were taking one or two of, you would just sort of shrug your shoulders and go, fine, but you're probably taking the, eight of them. They're not designed to be taking two of them because then they yeah. don't do anything. It, yeah. the, it's kind of the difficulty in that the, the, the army is obviously designed to tank a turn and then swing back. You're supposed to... The way the... I mean, it's very obviously designed is you're supposed to flood the boards, receive a charge, tank that charge, and then swing back and grind out the game. And your swing back is the big stubbles. They've got the three-inch reach. You're meant to stand them behind the... Like, there's a really obvious design process involved in bonuses, and that's how it's supposed to work. Maybe people were taking too many. The armies with, like, 14 units of them, yes, that's probably too many. I'd argue that's maybe not the best bonus for the army anyway. It did well, regardless. So, I don't. People are always going to spam stuff, right? So, the other thing that changed here is that Maniacs, which is the other unit that does any damage at all, went up ten points. I took unit ten Maniacs from a blackout list. Found them very underwhelming. Don't really understand why they went up. You didn't see them spammed that much. Basically, all this change means is that if you just spam a different unit now, you spam. Ball boys. Regular ball boys, right? Yeah. yeah. And you spam them in a different sub faction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You need to. I think that they needed to. Do... So other armies went up like. The other good armies went up like, like you said, 100 points, 50 points on Seraphim, maybe 70 if you're feeling spicy. This army, my blackout army, which was. I took a few big stabbers. I only took seven. Which is not crazy because they're not like a big investment in points and six, seven units of them. My army's gone up 220 points. So, Did the, the savage big boss go up as well. No, it didn't. No, no. But, you didn't you just can't you, fit as many in now. So, what it means is you drop your big bosses. So, I've been writing bones versus list with the new points, and what I'm finding I'm doing is I'm spamming something completely different. So I'm spamming ball boys, which I don't physically own, so I can't do that army. Or I'm dropping out the toys that I had, so the maniacs 
or the big bosses or the non-Wurgog wizards that I did have. Yeah. They're, they're going. And I'm keeping the big stabbers in there. So the last mm-hmm. list I wrote had even more big stabbers than the one I ran before. Cause... <laughs> you don't drop the second Wurgog? I guess that just feels like the most obvious way to take a thing out that's a decent block of points and doesn't affect no, the sort of ball control. No. Uh-huh. I don't think so. I think it's too useful. I'd rather drop other stuff yeah. first. Because like you said, they're really good. They contain the ability to kill anything in the game, right? Um, whereas Savage Big Bosses are really nice and I really like playing with them. They're really fun. But if I'm playing competitively, they're probably the first thing that goes. Uh, and so with the balls, yeah. they just sort of existed to die and I can... There's stuff that does that cheaper now. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. still probably be fine. It'll do... Okay, but I'm not excited to play anymore. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> that sort of murdered my brotherhood plans because I probably was going to take Bone Splitters and I probably will not now. But yeah, I just kind of wish that it feels really knee jerk and it feels like they could have thought a little bit more deeply about it. But it is what it is. I understand that what's probably happened is someone's seen a load of armies spamming the same thing and they've gone, hmm, we have to stop spam. But it's nothing else in the army. You have to spam something. Yeah, it's not a broad spectrum of war scrolls, is it? It is two kits, so you ha- you do have to spam something. I think, you know, so anyway, I'm annoyed, and I'll get over it. But for the moment, very annoyed. On that positive note, any <laughs> any final battle scroll thoughts, or should we move along? They did not change. The rules text on Laosh on the Soulseeker, so Thangpool continues to be able to surf into battle on him. Love it. Thank you. Mm. Right. Boom. It yeah. will cost 20 points more than it used to, so that's okay. I will pay it every day of the week. I guess what that maybe changes is I wrote some soul blight lists for a laugh that took the new Kado, whatever his name is, vampire. He's, cool. yeah. He's really cool. He's really fighty. He's quite slow. He's got an ability to go faster, but you can't use that and the fighting ability in the same turn. So he quite likes surfing up in Laoshan. And maybe not at 50 points, but it's a fun ability rather than a, a powerful one, necessarily. Yeah. Good switch. Activate. Right. Um, technical error over. Shall we talk about some games we've played? If we have, in fact, played any games. Oh, actually, can I have one more, one more hot take? It better be good. I want to shout out to whoever wrote into the FAQ to ask if the Idenf Deepkin Flood Tide ability that says you can run and shoot or charge, if that means you can shoot and charge. No, nope, that's what the, that's what the words say. You mm. do what the words say. I guess if you imply or in the sense of computer logic, it would be okay. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking that one, friend. I don't want rules to start saying exclusive or. <laughs> All right. That was my last hot take. <laughs> have oh, we played any one. games? I have, but well, you have. Let's, I said yeah. no, and then you told me I was wrong and I had played a game. Yeah, you beat me with <laughs> Nightfawn. <laughs> yes, um, you, you did play yeah. a game. I've played a few. I'm not gonna, I don't want to do sort of blow by blows, but I just thought I would talk briefly about how I am 
quite sad about Caradron Overlords and quite happy about Gardens. So I played a couple of games with Caradron with a sort of view to possibly making them my next competitive army. And I pretty much used a netlist that someone in America had been doing well with. I think it's one of the guys from the Seasons of War podcast. I can't remember the exact details, but it's an ironclad, some Arcanauts, some Thunderers, an incarnate, a few small heroes, and I think maybe a gun hauler and a purple sun. So that list is now probably no longer viable because the incarnate and the purple sun have both gone up significantly in points. points. Yeah. More, right, yeah. Yeah. So I played a couple of games trying to get my head around it and did very badly. So <laughs> yeah, I I really struggle with KO. Like they're an army I find really enjoyable to play, but I think they're also an army that brings home to me that I'm not very good at Age of Sigmar. Like you have to play them really well because the army doesn't have many bodies, is quite fragile, and you have to sort of really focus its damage potential on the thing you need to kill. And what I find quite often happens when I play KO is I try to protect my stuff, so I set it up quite far back. That means most of my guns aren't in range, and I just sort of do small amounts of damage to things. Then I get impatient, go aggressive, and then everything dies. And it's like, (laughs) hmm. So, yeah, I feel like I'm definitely not playing them very well, but I'm not entirely sure what... I need to do to play them better, if that makes sense. So if you're listening to this and you're a good KO player, email us and tell me what I'm doing wrong. I think I think I'm not always very good at target priority, and that's obviously at the absolute top most important thing. Like it's quite easy to just go, what is the thing I can actually kill? And sometimes that's a quite irrelevant thing that doesn't really matter. So I should probably be better at thinking what things are going to let my opponent score points and how can I damage them. And I think I also need to be better at thinking Multiple turns ahead, like I think with KO, priority rolls are incredibly important. So I pro- you probably need to do a bit more planning for the turn roll and kind of, you know, are you playing for a double turn or what's your backup plan if you don't get it and so forth. Or, you know, if you're taking this thing out this turn, is it because you're going to do something in two turns time? I'm probably not as good at that as I should be. And I'm also, I think the thing I do know I need to do better is get the most out of the heroes. So they're there for kind of specific purposes. Like the chemist is mainly there because he can have a spell in a bottle and that purple sun off. The Admiral has sort of once per battle abilities that came in in the White Dwarf update, which are good. The Navigator can debuff flying units' movement. But as well as those things, because you've got a limited amount of bodies, you really need them also to be doing damage and being in places where they can be useful and buffing things at the right time. And I was finding that quite often they would just sit in a boat and at the end of the game, they would still be in that boat. And that is definitely not making most effective use of them. Like I probably need to be dropping them off in relevant places on the battlefield where they're going to do some board control and be able to grab an objective and things. And that I definitely have not got the hang of at all. Mm -hmm. I've always felt a bit underwhelmed by the KO heroes and then people you take like three or whatever and it's somehow 400 points yeah. and it never quite feels like it does enough yeah. like the Admiral said, is actually reasonably to... decent in combat yeah. but obviously you, you're not going to be in combat all that much with KO so it's trying to figure out how to utilise them they're just like classic combat heroes where they're alright but they've actually got like three attacks Yeah, and it just contains so much ability to do absolutely nothing yeah. even to the squishiest yeah. thing that the one I have found really effective in the past is the Endrin Master in Dirigible Suit. Yeah. It's really good, but yeah. it's quite a lot of points, so he doesn't really fit well into the list I was trying to use because you'd have to drop something else meaningful to put him in. But if yeah, you give him the Barrack Zon kit... 
if you give him yeah. just the most fun you can have with him. I, feel, I feel like I have not seen a non-dirigible suit Endro Master since that model came out. Yeah, people do take them because they're reasonably cheap and you know, they're, they're quite fine. Hitty, aren't they? Yeah, they're okay. But, I don't think I've ever run mine, the, but other people take them. <laughs> they still have the thing where they can like overcharge themselves and take a risk at taking damage to yeah, don't actually, I'm going to shamefully say I don't actually know because I don't think I've ever. If you've never taken it, why would yeah. you? <laughs> but they, you know, you do see them. They're, they're not awful. It's going to turn out Rich is just thinking about Clan Squire. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe yeah. yeah, just thinking about rats actually. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, That's I was a little bit dispirited overall by KO. I think it would definitely. Mm. I mean, to be fair, I've only played two games, and obviously you need to play way more than that to figure out what you're doing for Nami. But it did make me feel like I was not very good at Age of Sigma, which I was a little bit sad about so i need i guess i need to figure out a new ko list that is less dependent on the purple sun and the incarnate and see yeah what else i can do yeah yeah i think Lightning vortex back in well yeah we'll see <laughs> which I, I, I do one of the games i played was against you with your night haunt so i don't know if you've got any reflections yes. from the other side of that battle i think night haunts were oh Reflections. I guess I was playing Scarlet Doom Night Haunt list with two units of twenty Blade Geists, so the opportunity to put out a quite a lot of mortal wounds, which KO don't like they do really, not. and actually like the little units of Arcanauts sitting on and Thunderers and stuff sitting on objectives also just sort of don't like the high volume average quality attacks that Night Haunt could put out, especially. At the time, that was sort of pre-point rises. Oh, it might have been. No, it was. It was post the like interim purple sun change. So I think so. I had the purple sun as well, which is effectively giving the blade guys extra rend, and that starts really eating stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, like, I was surprised that went my way because I'm very scared of Overwatch or not Overwatch. Unleash hell. Unleash mm. hell from. KO stuff because you put yourself either in range of all the embarked stuff or a hell of a lot of guns on like an, a frigate or an ironclad and uh, one of the great works is that you get to like fire the main cannon another mm-hmm. time yeah. at the end of the charge phase right so yeah I do think the minus one to hit from Unleash Hell really, really hurts because most KO yeah. stuff hits on threes. So with Unleash Hell, it hits on fours and you yeah. don't get that many attacks. So it becomes yeah. extremely swingy. As you guys talked about it, I was sort of thinking about it. And this seems like a real, real bad matchup for KO. Like there's so much yeah. KO don't like really mobile, fast flying melee armies. Uh, yeah. They're relying on low volume of higher end attacks. Like one couldn't give a shit. Like, there's a lot. It's not that high rend. It's mostly rend one, so it's not mm. the the not the no rend bit is not too bad, I would say. But yeah, the mobility is a problem, yeah. definitely. But I think I mean I definitely felt like I had capacity to do damage to stuff because like units mm. of twenty blade geists, if you fire an ironclad into them, it's going to do significant work. Yeah. Also, just the things where like. If you're protecting heroes with like a block of six or nine spirit hosts, and then you're like able to guarantee with the combo of heroes you normally have in that kind of night horn army, you can pretty much guarantee that you can like 
if there's any wounds on any of them, you can heal those wounds back, and yeah, then you can drop a, a model back into the yeah. unit as well. That was um, definitely an instance of me having bad target priority because yeah. I think I started off trying to kill some of the small heroes and kept yeah. leaving people on one wound, and then you'd just heal them all up. So in the end, I just switched it and start. I probably should just have targeted blade geists in the beginning. Yeah, without the blade geists, I mean that army that that is the core of that army, really. So yeah, yeah. So uh, not the ideal matchup for KO, I don't think. So few things are. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem, right? Is that yeah. they're just sort of perennially struggling a bit at the moment. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I feel better about it if everyone was struggling with them, but some people are going five nil with them, which does make me think it's a me problem, not an they army do, problem. They seem hard to play. Like yeah, I find they them are, quite definitely. hard to play against. Yeah. Like in terms of keeping track of everything they do. Yeah. So. Yeah, they definitely are a hard to play army, but the one I would like to be able to play well and feel like give it you own it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. there um, are classic smile and nods as your opponent tells you what all their stuff does, and you're like, okay, that sounds bullshit. Okay, rolls a lot of dice. Yeah, say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fine. The armies yeah. that we've got fine. But the other game I've played was with Gargants, and that had the opposite effect of making me remember that Gargants are really fun. So this was the first (laughs) game I've played with them since the new Battle Tome. I think it was initially a bit down about a new Battle Tome. I think it's probably made the army slightly worse, I guess. The fact that they now... So they now... The amount of models they count for on objectives degrades, which is a very sensible change and one that I am entirely in favour of, but it is quite a big nerf to how they perform because that was the thing that was really, really good for them before, was that even if your Gargant survived on one wound, it still counted for 20 models on an objective, which was significant. There's also sort of been a general shift where the Mega Gargants, and actually the smaller Gargants as well, have fewer attacks, but they're a bit higher damage, which I was initially quite opposed to i think having played with them i'm maybe less opposed to it i think it's nice that when an attack goes through it feels significant um it does make them a little bit more swingy but i don't i don't think it's as big a hit to them as i initially perhaps thought it was yeah so i'm again i'm not going to go into lots of details of the game i played because it was quite a casual game i was playing a friend who had a deepkin list and it wasn't a super competitive deepkin list and i had extremely hot dice and did it fairly well and had almost tabled him by the end of turn two. Um, oh. But yeah, it was. Yeah. I feel that in the deep end. Yeah. Mm. So whether he had a fun game, I don't know. But it was just a nice reminder for me of it's quite fun to watch your big models run across the table and hit things really hard. Also, I think I think War Stompers are a lot better in the current meta because. They so basically they have a rule where the number of attacks they get depends on the number of enemy models around them. And my previous yeah. experience of running War Stompers was a lot of your War Stomper fights a monster. It gets, I think there was a rule that they got four. It counted as four basically. Yeah. So they would get you know some attacks, but they very rarely got ten. And in the game I played the other day, my War Stomper fought Namati, and it got ten attacks, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And also they that means they degrade less sort of relative to the other gargants when they take damage because they don't lose their number of attacks doesn't yeah. go down as much um, so I think war stompers are in a reasonable place and they're also the cheapest of the megas so yeah the list I ran at the last brotherhood I can run a similar list with two megas 
and Kragnos, and now I can fit two baby gargants in, whereas previously I only had one. So that's mm-hmm. nice. You know, the baby gargants aren't amazing, but they're not. They're also not bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, they got. I, I, they got worse, which sort of makes no, not a lot of they sense. Got, they got worse in some ways, but they, they were only ever really good at doing damage to chaff. You know, they've never mm. been very good at throwing them into anything good. And a lot yeah. of their purpose is to do things like bait the Unleash Hell that otherwise would have gone into Kragnos. They gained shooting attacks, which is quite nice, mm. I think. Oh, cool. And a lot of... So before, there was a weird but ability they also run where... Charge, right, you, could, so... you pass off to them before, can yeah, you? Yeah, like... and now it's just on level scroll. Right. Yeah. And a they, lot of... They can't what... run and shoot, can they? So They can't run and shoot, no. But... No. You'll be running them a lot, I think. So. Yeah, you know, you absolutely are. But also, a lot of what they do, they did, is not in the actual attacks on the war scroll. It's in like the impact hits and the picking a model up and stuffing them in their bag, and that kind of thing. And they still do that. <laughs> so, yeah. while I think their profile has got a bit worse, I think it's not actually that meaningful in terms of how they impact the game. They will still reasonably stomp a unit of chaff, and they will still not do anything to something that isn't chaff. But <laughs> You know, they still count for 10 models on objectives. They are quite good as sort of, yeah, for the sort of baiting unleash and that kind of stuff. And in an army, you know, having five models rather than four is quite significant for board control purposes yeah. and having stuff that can stand on back objectives yeah, and that kind of thing. Definitely. So, yeah, I'm mean, like, you know, I don't think they're in an amazing place in the meta, but I was previously quite unenthused to play them. I think having had a game with them, it kind of reminded me that. Yeah. Especially after trying to play with KO, which is very techy. Having an army that is not and just wants to run across the board and thump things was quite enjoyable. So the specific change that stood out as odd for me is they they doubled the damage on their club, bonk, bonk, but then they more than halved the number of attacks they get. And I think one thing yeah. you saw people do, most people just ran four megas and got on with their lives, but I think when you saw people <laughs> run the cloud of baby ones, is you saw them in Hunters. Yeah. Yes. So that more than halving the attacks is a lot of lost damage yeah. if you do the same thing again. You can put obviously them how long? Now. Oh yeah, no, that's that's what I mean. That's oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. So previously they had ten damage two attacks well, in what you mean. bounty yes. hunters, yeah. and now they will have four damage three attacks. Yeah, no, just a lot fair. less damage. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think the kind of things they would have been going into with bounty hunters, they'll still do perfectly Kill. well against. Yeah. I think I've played one whole game, so I'm not the expert on this book, yeah. but yeah. I, I still don't think the all Man Crusher army it's not is good. very good, especially yeah. in a world when there were things that turn off Inspiring Presence. You know, the yeah. reason I stopped running a Man Crusher mob was that I had a horrific game against Witch's Lumineth where two Man Crushers ran away to some elf mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. And it made me think I would rather just run them as That's, three solo uh, Man Crushers and then that now. won't happen again. <laughs> So Pretty speaking sure of that. bullshit turning on inspiring presence, how about those mega gargons? <laughs> yeah, it's it's only in a six inch range, I think. So unless there's another one that I'm because I haven't got I haven't bought a King Rod and I haven't bought the new Mega Gargon. They've um, all got it, right? It's just Oh have they? Yeah, it's on all of their war scrolls. It's just an increase in range on the other one. We're all it's showing how prepared I was for that game, isn't it? Because it used to be the minus one bravery, right? Yes. Terror, yeah. Enemy units cannot receive inspiring presence or they're within three of any units with this ability. They've all got it. Uh, it's just the six-inch one is just a specific mm. upgrade. Shows how well I know my army. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So basically anything in melee with a Mega Gargan cannot inspiring presence. I think it's all right. 
Yeah, you just can't. You just your shit's just gonna run away. Yeah, I think what it means is that because Nighthorn already drove up. I just think you will. If I ever have a triumph now, I'm gonna take the No Battle Shock triumph. It's not. I'm even gonna think about it. With that and Nighthorn and Horogast, I'm not gonna take reroll charges. You know. Yeah, I guess a lot of the time. Okay, not all the time, but a lot of the time, if the Mega Gargan is fighting something that you care about Battleshot with, it's going to do enough damage to... I suppose it incentivizes you to split your attacks more. If it's fighting like a unit that is likely to have to take Battleshock and something mm-hmm. else, you might put a small amount of the attacks into the thing that's going to have to take Battleshock to try and so make I've it played, take it. I've played quite a lot of Gargans versus Deepkin mm. with units of six eels, and I find they're quite good at killing four eels. And that that puts you on the squeakiest bum battle shock of all time to lose the yeah. whole unit. That's a massive change in that specific matchup. Mm-hmm. And there'll be other matchups as well that's similar where because bravery generally has been coming down in Age of Sigma. Yeah. No, new fine. releases. You know, like elves and dwarves and stuff are set yeah. in bravery six, seven. So yeah. I think it's it is one of the more impactful changes on the Yeah, no, it is. But I, I as I was saying, I think the guns have got worse in other ways. So yes. yeah, having yeah, a buff totally. to something seems Reasonable. Mm-hmm. But compared to the old minus one bravery, that's a yeah, massively better bravery. than minus one bravery. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <definitely>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're experimenting with the mechanic. People moaned that Battleshock never did anything before. They were wrong, but they moaned about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just play a VR. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and then never get to all our attack instead. Yeah. <laughs> That is a problem when I play a different army now. I have to remember I can do things. Like, yeah. gosh, can, I can redeploy. What's with this? Can reroll your charges. Yeah. Well, I always took the reroll charge triumph of OBR, so that one was okay. Redeploy, redeploy is, is actually the one the I missed the most. It's the world's biggest bait. How many CP do I waste in an average game doing one inch redeploys? Yeah. It's uh, obscene. But sometimes it's a six inch redeploy. It's the one I miss the most playing OBR. Yeah. Honestly, because yeah, you yeah. find yourself—it's the one I find the hardest to remember. I don't have someone does something, and you think, "Oh, I can." No, no, I can't. And yeah. then you're sad. I bloody hate redeploy. Anyway, are we done? Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? I've not slammed a ham, so. You see, I'd made notes on what to say in the outro, but I can't now scroll down to those notes because of technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you about six 1,000-point narrative games I played, but frankly, A, I can't remember them very well, and B, you can read about it soon on Goonhammer. So. <laughs> All yeah. right. Do you, you want to plug anything else you've points. written for Goonhammer? Matty should plug that he wrote the Lumineth Battle Tome review. I wrote the Lumineth Battle Tome review. It's yeah. all packed by nail, but... Oh yeah, it was good. Yeah, I think we both should have had stuff out by now, but we don't because life finds a way. Episode one of our Road to Brotherhood article is now out. We should definitely oh, yeah. plug that. Oh yeah. Um, oh. I can't see Rich again. Did We've me plugging my mouse in make that happen? <laughs> that seems technically difficulty lost Rich because yeah. anyway, that's. Okay. So what we learn is that whenever Laura unplugs her mouse, it makes Rich's microphone break. From across the UK, we don't know why. The effect is only noticeable on Laura's end, so I may tell you. <laughs> it's, it's breaking Zencaster.
yeah. Right. Oh, oh well, the internet. One who knows about computers, please email in and explain why this madness is occurring. Well, in the interim, I have managed to scroll down to the bit where I can see what I'm supposed to say in the outro. Nice. So, thank you to Tiny Plastic People for hosting us. You can check out the rest of their content at tinyplasticpeople.com or I think they are on Twitter at at tinyplasticpals. We are. We are also on Twitter at at 32AOS and the 3 and 2 are in words not numbers. We very rarely tweet but we should probably tweet more so if you tweet at us it might encourage us to remember we have a Twitter account which would be good I guess. Please do. Uh, you can I, also... get, I get notifications from the 3-2 account on my phone but it's to tell me that Cardi B has tweeted. <laughs> well we had you see Matthew when I set the Twitter up it literally, you have to follow you have, one person. You have to follow Cardi B. So I chose Cardi B rather than Fox News. <laughs> oh my God. Like, and I didn't scroll much further. <laughs> I was All presented right. with an acceptable option and I took it. We are officially fans of Cardi B then. Yeah, um, tweet us and tell us what you think about that, I guess. New outro music. Yeah. You can yeah, also, it. if you do have any feedback, you can also send it to us by emailing us at thetinyplasticpeople at gmail.com. Probably put something about three and two in your email subject line so that we know it's for us. We do uh, have our own email address, but I can't remember it. So. Did we? We didn't even know we have one. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this is the one I've just given because someone probably actually checks that and it yeah, might do. actually get through. Yeah, we, we genuinely would love to hear any feedback you have. Tell us what you like or anything you don't like. Tell me questions. how to use my mouse properly so that I don't make Rich disconnect. That'd be great. Yeah. Do you have any individual social media or anything else you want to plug, Rich? You can follow me on Twitter at richnutter. That is basically now carefully curated to be an almost entirely hobby account. So for as long as Twitter is not somewhere I don't want to be, you can find me there. If not, then I'll start a signal or something. I don't know. (laughs) Mastodon, we can all do whatever that's called. Tooting. Yeah. Tooting. (laughs) I think it's actually called tooting. From the last time everyone pretended they were going to flee them. I am on Twitter also, and I am at Matthew C. M. Ward. I didn't use to hobby, I don't tweet much, but uh, I didn't use to hobby tweet at all, and then someone said, hey, follow this guy for Warhammer, so then I have to. That's it. Uh, hey, Laura, any social needs? I Scops947 on Twitter and Instagram for fairly occasional pictures of stuff I painted. Nice. That's- is that everything we need to say? Yeah. Other gonna than go with thanks yes. for listening. All Reviewers, right. so. come yeah. back next time. Don't hate us, please. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Cool. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.
Oh, that's disturbingly professional. Yeah. Why was where was the panic? Yeah. I had notes. Oh my god. Oh. It won't it'll never catch on. I can't believe you. To be you've fair, done the this. notes did result in a whole bunch of faff when I couldn't see them, so you know. 